Remember the last meeting that you had? Regardless of whether you were chairing it or participating as a member of the meeting? How did it start? Was there a vibrant discussion? Was it dominated by only a few people? Were there some people who seemed to be disengaged? Was the decision something that everyone felt that they could work with? Without knowing the answers to those questions, I bet you would probably at some point in time have thought about how to make these meetings more productive and maybe why some people don't seem to want to contribute. In this first of two parts chapter, we're going to dive into that. Not just meetings, but communications as a whole and unpack it. We'll also cover feedback and criticism, which are not really bad words in good communication and how you as a leader need to be the key driver in great communication. Welcome back to the podcast Exposing the Introvert Leader. My name is Francis and this is the penultimate chapter of season one of this podcast series, where I share my insights into my research and experiences as an introvert leader in my career and going all the way back to the military and even school. As I mentioned, this is the first of two parts talking about communication in the workplace. If you've been following this podcast, you would hear me talk a lot about being a humble leader. The first tenet of humility is to listen to others' opinions. And the key word here is listen. Any communication, be it a friendly chat with a friend or family member, at least half of the conversation needs to be listening. Listening demands that you need to understand what the other person is saying before providing a response. Understanding requires you to not just hear the words, but the context and the emotions behind the words that form the meaning. Listening also delays the need for you to respond, or rather, think about responses before knowing the full story. That's because your brain really cannot be listening and formulating answers at the same time. When your brain listens, it's not just activating the hearing centers, but also long-term memory, emotions, and visual centers of the brain which are also the same centers that are used to formulate coherent responses to anything. Just think about how often you've been in a conversation with someone and when your mind drifts off because you're thinking about something else and suddenly you snap back and realize you have no idea what the other person is saying. I know it's happened to me many times and it's embarrassing because I usually find out that I miss a critical piece of information and lose the story. And in missing that piece of information, I also then have to embarrassingly ask the other person to repeat it or try to fudge my way around an appropriate response. So a key step in listening is don't rush to think of a response while the other person is talking. Pay attention, listen to what's being said and how it's being said. Many introverts have this natural ability just to listen and observe, which in a classroom or workspace may label us as quiet, shy, or someone doesn't contribute much to the discussions. What we are really doing is processing all the information before providing a response. That could be slow, but it's usually a considered response. This gives introvert leaders a unique advantage rather than a disadvantage, because good decisions need good consideration. In the context of an office or a team environment, as a leader, your job in order to care for your team is to first and foremost listen to what they are saying before rushing to give them a solution or reply. Using the example of a meeting, as a leader, you need to shut up. Be comfortable not to be the first one to speak. The upside to that, as Simon Sinek elaborates, is that you would have then heard the ideas and opinions of everyone in the room. And hey, you'll sound like the smartest person in the room because you have picked the best answers in the room. Or tweak them to make them your own. So instead of starting the meeting with, okay, here's the problem. We've got to get to this solution. What do you all think? Reverse the frame now and start with this. 
Okay, uh, we all know what the problem is. I would like to hear from you on what you think is causing it and if you have any ideas for a solution. What you've done there is to set the framework for the discussion without setting a destination, allowing your team to reflect on what they think is the cause and the solution. Because it's entirely possible that the cause of the problem or the issue is something that you had not even considered, which means that the solution may be something else rather than what you think. Or let's say you're running a performance review with one of your team members. You can open with, hey, let's put the review aside for now, I just want to know how you're going. By opening up the conversation to the review, it makes it a two-way conversation. The reviewee can talk about how they feel about what's going on and what's going well or not, and in the process give you an insight into why some of the things that they've been doing are done. It will not change your already prepared review because what is already done is done, but it will allow you to temper your review with possible help or advice when it comes to the improvements the reviewee needs to make, and it will allow you to frame your praise or criticisms based on what they have told you. The thing is, communication is a two-way street, and in this context, your team may have trod where you have not and have insights you don't. So by following after them and avoiding the potholes along the street, you and your team can get to the destination more effectively. Or like in the military, you send out scouts to find out the best route for your army to take so as not to fall into ambushes. The scouts, in this case, is the prior knowledge of your team based on them constantly being in the trenches working and seeing where the pitfalls are. Or in the case of a personnel review, who can understand themselves better than themselves. I have found that when I rush into conversations with my team and just say what I think about a situation, I'm usually only 50% or less right about my observations. And if I give an opinion or solution then, it's usually less than ideal or effective. While I pride my introverted self as a keen observer and listener, I do find that there are times where I only see half the picture, and while it's a very detailed and considered view, it is still only half a picture. Think of the parable of the three blind persons describing an elephant by only touching one part of the elephant. So when I follow these steps in the conversation, I usually make better judgments and offer better solutions. What are these steps? 1. Frame the conversation or the parameters of the conversation. 2. Listen to others' opinions and observations. Step 3. Ask more questions or use the new information to formulate the response. Or jump back to step 1 if needed because sometimes the new information requires the parameters of the conversation to be moved. Using these steps in the meeting, I find that it eliminates waffle, and by making sure that everyone has an opportunity to speak, no one is talking over the other or dominating the conversation. I manage to keep meetings on time and come up with real solutions that everyone in the team feel that they can work with. I need to provide a caveat here. This kind of communication does not happen overnight. It's not something that you can set and forget or hope for the best. It takes work. It takes the leader to drive it, and it takes the leader to create this safe interaction spaces that everyone can feel comfortable to share their opinions with respect. By ensuring that you listen with generosity and making sure that others do the same, then everyone will feel that it is safe to offer their observations and opinions knowing that they will be listened to. These interaction spaces are also useful for feedback. The funny thing about feedback is that good feedback, while easy to give, is sometimes neglected to be given, while bad feedback, often called criticism, is hard to give and so we avoid giving them until it reaches a boiling point. 
Yet every business and leadership expert from Simon Sinek to Kim Scott of Radical Candor and Donald Miller states that feedback is one of the most important conversations to have and do well for everyone and the business's sake. Good timely praise or criticism allows the team and the business to hold to account the great things that are being done and address the shortcomings. So in the final chapter of the podcast, I will dedicate it specifically to feedback. This is part of good communication and the safe interaction space landscape. I'll be publishing the last chapter for this season in a fortnight before heading off for the holidays. But I would still love to hear from you, your thoughts and your comments. My email is franklyrollingheads.com And remember, please like and subscribe. I'll talk to you again soon.